Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast Weekly Sermon Podcast. We want you to know that we're excited about our brand new church facility located on 1331 Cove Road in New Bedford, Massachusetts. We offer three service times for you to choose from. We have kids classes for all ages so parents can enjoy the service while kids learn about Jesus. We'd love to host you in person, Saturdays at 5 p.m. or Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Now, here's an encouraging word. Well, good morning. How are you guys feeling this morning? You guys feeling good? That's good, you know. Uh, Happy New Year. And uh, for those that don't know, my name is Aaron. And uh, if it's your first time here, we want to welcome you to New Life South Coast. We're so glad that you are here. You know, and uh, I have the privilege of, of sharing the word with you this morning. And I'm excited. I hope you're excited to start the year off right. It's a new year. And uh, I truly am believing that God is going to do greater things this year, you know, in all of our, all of our lives. And so uh, today, um, I, I just want to share a word. And, and my prayer is that it would set you guys up, and all of us really, myself included, to have the best year yet. To live fully in what God has for us and to accomplish all that he wants to do in our lives. And so this morning, I'm going to ask that you track with me. We're, we're going to take our time here, but I believe that if you take the things that you hear and allow God to speak to you and apply them in your lives this year, especially as we go into prayer and fasting, you will see uh, what Pastor was talking about. You will see the reaping of our sowing in this moment. And so uh, today, the title of my message is called 2020 Revolution. 2020 Revolution. And it's important how we start the year. And so I want to give us a framework for how we can accomplish and and do all that God has for us. And so here's the big idea. I want to make sure you guys are on the same page with me this morning. The big idea is this. There is a pattern to purpose. There is a pattern to purpose. There is a pattern to living a successful, significant life. And so again, today... I want to give us and break down this pattern that we see in scriptures that Jesus gives us, that we may activate a significant life and a life of purpose going into this new year. And so my goal today is to empower you guys uh, to make the choice to trust God this year in every aspect of your life. Are you guys ready? We're going to dive right in. I hope you guys got your notes out because I know how it is. You'll walk out of here and be like, that was awesome but not know what we talked about. Like, it was so good. What was good about it? It was so good. (laughs) And so I'm gonna give you some things that I believe you're gonna have to work out with God after this. And so make sure you take notes. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn to John 14. We're gonna be reading out of John 14, verse 12. And it says this. And this is Jesus talking to his disciples, and he's talking to us today. It says, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me, say believe. believe. Oh, come on, say it like you believe. Say believe. believe. There we go. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things, say greater things, greater than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. There's a pattern of purpose. You know, as I was preparing for this and just thinking about it, it's interesting how we all are fascinated about people who change and revolutionize our world. Is it true? That's what the documentaries that we watch and, and the people that we look up to in history. You know, all of us, have a specific person, no matter what sphere of life, there's an influence or someone who changed the way that it's done in your arena. For some of you who like basketball, we know that Michael Jordan changed the game, you know? Uh, for, for those who are into technology, we know Steve Jobs changed the game. He, the phone that you have right now is because of the pioneering of Steve Jobs. You know, Martin Luther King, yeah, he changed, the, the, the fact that we're all in this room right now is the realization of a dream that changed the game when Martin Luther King made that declaration over our country. You know, we're fascinated with people that changed the game. Kanye West, come on, he's changing the game. He's messing people up out of the church and in the church. It's awesome. You know what to do with him. 
You know, but we are fascinated, we are polarized by people that change and revolutionize the world that we live in. You know, and, and when you study these people, you say there's a pattern to who they were. You know, they all did unique, different things, but there was a pattern in how they lived their life. They all had this passion. They all had this conviction. They all had this drive. When you look at these people that I just mentioned and the people that you look up to, they all have this certain thing about them, this it factor that, that, that spills over into their world. They have this belief that they're so passionate about that they frame their whole lives around, and it ends up changing the world around them. They have this it factor. You know, just to point out Martin Luther King, he had this belief, this conviction. You see, there were other people like Martin Luther King who were pushing freedom in that time. But the difference and the thing that set Martin Luther King apart from others like Malcolm X was that he believed that peace is the only way to actually achieve peace. He believed in nonviolence. You can't cure violence with violence. You can't bring peace with war. It, it, it doesn't compute. And so that's what set him apart. That's what set him apart. Nonviolence is what was the mark. And I believe why God had a mark. And that was a principle that he was a man of God that he got from the Bible. That's what set him apart. People like Steve Jobs, he believed that technology shouldn't just be for the elite or those who have a PhD to turn on a computer, but that it should be for the everyday average person. That's why you have the phone in your hand. Before Steve Jobs, a computer probably fit in this room. Some of you guys are nodding your head like, yeah. <laughs> you know, before you need a PhD to turn on a computer, you know, now kids are using and tapping into technology. And so we see Steve Jobs had a conviction that said, we can't just have this for those who are educated or have a certain type of understanding. This should be able to be accessed by every single person that believes changed the game. We are polarized by people who revolutionize our world. Now, I don't know if you know this, but Jesus was a revolutionary. Did you know that? Jesus was a revolutionary. He changed and is still changing the world that we live in. He stepped on the scene and the world has never been the same since. Now, we believe that Jesus is, is fully man and fully God. We believe that he is the son of God, he is God, that he is our savior. But we also believe that he was 100% man and 100% God. So he lived the full human experience. And here's what I believe. I actually believe that if you were to meet Jesus face to face, you would see that he also had this it factor about him. I believe you would see that he had a passion, he had a drive. Oh, if you just read the Gospels, you see that Jesus was focused and, and passionate and had a drive to bring the kingdom of God to earth. He had a mission. And we see, just like those who came after him, that he followed this certain pattern, this pattern that made him who he was and allowed him to accomplish what he set out to accomplish in bringing the kingdom of God here on earth. Are you guys following me? So Jesus had this it factor. He had this thing that set him apart, this drive. He was a revolutionary. You know, I was thinking about this, and it's crazy because tell me one person that split history in half. Come on, tell me one person. I'll wait, go ahead. Tell me one person that split history in half. We can't ignore the history, the facts about this man named Jesus. He came and our history is literally split in half. We have B.C., before Christ, and A.D., which means Anno Domini, which I don't know why we decided to go Latin on the second part and English on the first. America, I don't know. <laughs> so before Christ and it's something we don't know. <laughs> But essentially, it, it means the day of the Lord or when the Lord came to earth. And so history is split by this man named Jesus. And so it's important that we see not just Jesus as God, but also Jesus as a fully human being when he makes this statement here. He's giving us a key to success. He's giving us some insight on how to live a significant life. And here's the hint that he gives us. And, and that's what I want to talk about today. He gives us this formula. He says basically here, if you believe, then you will do, and you will say, then you will live like me. 
Did you catch that? If you believe, then you will do and you will say and live like me. Not only did he say that, if you go back to the verse, you say, and not only will you live like me, but you will do greater things. Now, I can tell some of us are church people in here because we're not getting excited. <laughs> but think about it. We're talking about Jesus. We got to consider what Jesus did on the earth for him to say, you'll be like me and do greater things. Greater things than Jesus? What did Jesus do when he was on the earth? He healed people. He gave sight to the blind. Come on, he, he, he raised the dead. He did things that we never have seen in life. It, it, it changed history. He did things that, oh man, if we would have the faith in here to believe. Like, imagine this. Imagine what it would look like if all of us had the faith to believe in this place that we could walk out of here today and live like Jesus. Like, we could walk into that hospital room with our friend, with our aunt, with our uncle, and say, healing from cancer in Jesus' name. Like, we could go to a blind person and say, hey, you want to see? In Jesus' name, be healed. And they could, like, imagine what would happen. We would change the game. Imagine going to work believing and living like Jesus. And so we can't take this lightly. Jesus gives us this key here. And it's simply this. Believe, do, say, live. Look to the person next to you and say, believe. Look to the person you were rude to and ignored and say, do. Now turn around and say, say. That's kind of weird because you kind of looked at the back of someone else's head. <laughs> now, now shout live. <laughs> so we see this pattern here. Believe, do, say, live. And again, my goal today is that I just want to break down this first part for you. Believe and do. Because I believe that if, if we can believe and we can do, and if what we believe can align with what we do, say and live will fall into place. And so this is the framework we have for unlocking purpose. This is a pattern for us to go into 2020 and to stay in the will of God. And so the reality is, is this. We are not unfamiliar with this process. If we were to be honest today, we are not unfamiliar with this process. The problem is we just get it backwards. We like to live however we want, then try and say some stuff, then kind of do what we said, and then after everything's a mess, try and figure out what we believe. Can we be honest? We got this a little bit backwards. Say, I live over I want. Oh, did I say that? Okay, I'll try, I, 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 I'm gonna try and do it. Wait, who am I? <laughs> Come on, can we be honest? We're not unfamiliar with this, we just get it backwards. We think all because we say it, we did it. Oh, can we be honest this morning? We think all because we say it, we did it. Like, how many of you got that feeling of accomplishment as soon as 2020 hit, said, I'm going to do this, and you felt like achieved, like you did it? <laughs> Come on, you ever do that? You ever tell your friends to go to the gym and you walk away like you just went to the gym? <laughs> Come on, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, I don't even know what it is. It's like you say it, and the fact that you said it to someone, you're like, yeah. <laughs> like, like, this is a big one for us young people. I, I'm in this category. Yo, I'm going to save. But what are you doing to actually save? Oh, I, I, I'm going to eat better. What are you doing to actually eat better? It's not enough just to say it. We think that all because we say it, we did it. Or, or how about this? Uh, all because we post it, we believe it. All because we post it, we believe it. All because you post some scriptures doesn't mean you believe those scriptures. All because you posted that you were in church 2020, starting the new year, doesn't mean you're going to walk out of here and be the church. Come on, all because you posted it doesn't mean that you believe it. As a matter of fact, have you ever posted something that you didn't believe? Oh, come on. How many of you have went on Pinterest or on Twitter, saw something, it means you go, mm, that's deep. And two seconds later, you posted it. 
And if someone were to ask you, yo, what does that even mean? You'd be like, mm, that's deep. I don't know. <laughs> it made me stop because I, I didn't know what to think. <laughs> Come on, all because you post something doesn't mean that you believe it. And so it's important that we address this at the beginning of the year if we look to have a successful year in 2020. And so really simply, before I dive into this first point of belief, I, I want to make sure we're on the same page. You see, there's a difference between resolutions and revelations. It's important because resolutions is a hot phrase around this time. Everyone's talking about resolutions. You know, and I would encourage you. Uh, I would encourage you to go and, and look up the top resolutions of the year and see the statistics on how many people actually follow through on their resolutions. There's a difference between resolutions and revelations. You see, resolutions are, are man-made. We say, out of our own thinking, I need to do this. I resolve to do this. And with that resolution and our own strength, we say, I'm going to do this. But revelations are God-given. They're convictions. They come from within. Like, for those of you who, who are believers in this place, you may have known that Jesus loves you. But when you caught the revelation that Jesus loves you, it was a game changer. Like, everyone had that moment where they walk around like, Jesus loves me. Oh, come on, any believers in this place? Like, you didn't, like, there was nothing more. Like, you just walk around and say, Jesus loves me. They're like, yeah, 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 we know, because the Bible told me, no, 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 but Jesus loves me. And he loves you, and you, and he loves everyone. Jesus loves me. See, it went from just being some knowledge to now it was a conviction. It was a conviction, a revelation. It changes the way that you see everything. So there's a difference between resolutions and revelations. And here's what I believe. I believe that this year in 2020, we need less resolutions and more revelations. In fact, I believe we need some revelations that we can attach our resolutions to. There's nothing wrong with resolutions, but resolutions for the sake of resolu resolutions means nothing. We need some convictions, some, some revelations of what God is, who he is, what he will do, what he can do to attach these resolutions that we have to into this year. And so here's a, a simple formula, which is where I'm going with this message. Revelations plus resolutions equals a revolution. And here's what a revolution is. A dramatic and wide-reaching change in the way something works or is organized or in people's ideas about it. I pray that this year, 2020, we get a revolution of who God is. I pray in 2020 we change our lives to, to align with the will of God because we're activating this easy, simple pattern of believe, do, say, and live. Amen? You guys ready to, to go deeper? I hope I'm talking to some people that, that want to make the most out of this year, that believe the best is truly yet to come, and that want to make some progress this year. And so if you're ready, I'm going to need, you hear, I'm going to, need to hear you say, believe. believe. Oh, come on with some conviction this morning. Say, believe. 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 You see, everyone believes in something. Can we be honest? Every single one of you in this place believe in something. Now, we may not all believe the same things, and that's okay, but all of us believe in something. I would even go as far as to say is that you are not a human being if you don't believe in something. It doesn't work. But there's a difference between believing and knowing, and knowing and believing. There's a big difference. You can know a lot, but believe very little. You see, here's the difference, and I hope that you write this down so you can wrestle with it. Knowing is informational. But believing is personal. Knowing is informational. But when you believe, it's personal. Let me prove it to you. You can know smoking is bad for you. But do you believe it will kill you? It changes. You can know your seatbelt is good for you. But do you believe that you'll get in a car accident and today could be your day today. Oh, come on, it changes. It's personal experience that activates the belief. Oh, if you would catch that today, it would change the way you approach life. 
It is your personal experience that activates the belief. Like, if we're honest today, majority of us came into this place because we had a personal experience. You know, whether we were battling depression, or your marriage was on the brink of divorce, or you, you needed a healing, or you may have come in here battling addiction. Whatever it is, there was a personal experience that led you to activate the belief to come to church because I needed something. Can we be honest this morning? No one just wakes up and decides, hey, I'm going to go to church. No, something happens. We have an experience that makes us say, hey, I need to get my family back in the church. I need to get back on track. You see, it's personal experience that activates belief. You know, every other week we do something very cool here where, where we put up the prayer and praise requests of the people in our community sitting right next to you. And so we celebrate what God's doing each week, and then we pray for the needs of others. Now, if you were to just walk in here and just see that, you would say, oh, that's, that's pretty cool. But best believe if you needed prayer for something, and you filled out a card, and you submitted it, you are hoping and believing, and that moment means something more, because you're, you're just like, I need, pray I need everyone praying for this thing. You see, it's personal experience that activates belief. Like, you don't go to your Bible until you're like, I need a word. You ever not touch your Bible until something goes wrong? Then you're like flipping over tables and stuff like, where is my Bible? Where is it? Mom, huh? honey, <laughs> you know, whatever. I guess saying, where is your Bible? Why? Because it's the experience that activates your belief. And here's why this is important. I need you to catch this. Because what you believe determines the information that you take in. It's important we stop and we talk about what we believe because what you believe determines the information you take in. If you believe that church is not for you, if church is boring, if church is just religion, then when you walk into this place, it's going to affect what you see happening and how you take in what's going on. Can we be honest this morning? But if you come in here believing that God will meet you here, believing that there's something for you, believing that there's hope and peace and everything you need in this place, everything that's happening, you won't miss a moment. You're leading into everything. You're like, Waymaker. Like, you're, you're, you're in it. You're in it. Because we believe. You see, what you believe determines how you receive the information that you get. And so I got to ask you today, church. And I pray you go home and write these questions. I pray you write these questions down and go home and wrestle with them to set your year off right. But what do you believe about yourself? Seriously. You gotta stop and think. What do you believe about yourself? And let me take it a step further. What do you believe about others? What do you believe about people? Can I take it a step further? What do you believe about God? and who he is. We must pause to take an inventory of what we believe because what we believe brings meaning to the information we receive. What we believe brings meaning to the information we receive. If I'm not into video games, you talking to me about video games does not excite me. But if I believe there's purpose in video games, you talking about video games is going to get me a little bit excited. There's nothing better than when you find someone that believes the same thing that you believe and y'all start hitting it off. You ever meet someone that believes in a certain movie, like you just love the movie, and someone comes and says, yo, that's my favorite movie too. All of a sudden there's a connection. Y'all might not connect on anything else, but that movie will bring you together. That restaurant will bring you together. That person will bring you together. And so what we believe, it's important that, that we stop and understand this. Because what we believe determines how we see the world around us. Hear me, church. This is where we get prejudice from. Hear me. We all have, we all have prejudice. We all have a bias. Like, if, if you believe that me as a young black man, if I'm a threat, everything you see about me is going to respond threat. Because you believe that. If you believe that you have nothing of value unless you have a certain dollar amount in your bank account, then you will look down on yourself and the people around you that do not have that certain bank account. 
So what you believe matters because it, it reveals what you see around you. It shapes the information that you bring in. And so it's important that we stop and we understand and we acknowledge that life starts in the mind. Life starts in the mind. It starts in how you think. And there's a difference between your brain and your mind. Your brain is that beautiful muscle that, in the middle of your skull that takes in the information around you. But your mind is that inner you, that real you, that person who's talking right now and sizing me up and saying, who's this little boy that's going to try and tell me about life? That person. The one that's talking 24-7. The one that sometimes you're like, can you shut up, please? That's your mind. That person that's in there who pulls back and takes a look at all the information in your life and makes a decision that says, I'm either going to go here or not go here. That's your mind. That's your inner thoughts. And can I be honest with you today, church, that your inner thoughts reveal what you believe. You have to stop and think about what you think about. You have to stop and learn how to listen to what it is you're saying. Because you're saying something. And what you say inwardly shapes what you believe outwardly or what you see outwardly. Does this make sense? And so my question to you today, church, what does your thought say about you? What does that voice inside say about you? Here's why this is important. Because if you believe that you're less than, if you believe that you'll never get it right, if that's what your thoughts are saying, someone could be trying to compliment you and all you're hearing is, I'm not enough. Someone could be trying to encourage you and all you're hearing is, I'll never get it right. Oh, come on, you will have a hard time seeing the good that's coming out of your life because all you're saying is, I'm gonna mess it up. What does your thoughts say about people? Like, if you believe everyone other than you is dumb, then you're going to miss out on someone trying to bless or give you some information that you might need. If you believe that everyone's out to get you, that everyone's trying to get one up on you, then someone could be trying to bless you, and you're over here thinking, what are they trying to get out of this stuff? Come on. What do you believe? What are your thoughts about God? Do you believe he's mad at you? If so, you're going to miss the reality and the truth that he is so in love with you, that he is for you, that he has mercy and life and peace and joy, and he wants to bless your life. But if all you're hearing is God's mad at me, you're going to miss it. You see, your thoughts matter because they shape what you believe. And what you believe matters because it shapes the information you receive. And the information you receive shapes the way you view your life. So it's important we start with belief. You know, in Romans, the Bible says that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. I think that's so fascinating that it's not by us worshiping in a worship service, but it's by the renewing of our mind that we see transformation. It's not by goosebumps and feelings, but it says by the renewing of your mind, which takes some work, which takes some time. But if we were to put in the work, we would see the fullness of God. And we would really get down to what we believe and be able to activate that in our lives. This is helping you. I want to share a quick story before we move on to do. In Mark chapter 5, verse 25, there's a story of this woman who had an issue with blood. It's a very interesting thing that the Bible lets us in on, and I believe that it speaks to what we're talking about today. And so in verse 25, it says this, a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him in the crowd, through the crowd, and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Now I need you to understand something, church. This wasn't a random thought that this woman had. 
Scholars say that what she was doing was she was activating the word of God in the Old Testament. You see, in, in Micah, there's a passage of scripture that says the Messiah, Jesus, our Savior, would have healing in his wings. Now, Jesus didn't have wings. But in that time, ministers, when they would go out and minister, they would have a prayer shawl. You've probably seen them in some of the Jesus movies where they put that thing over their head. It's like a garment, right? And when they hold it out, it would make a wing underneath them. And so as they would go, this would be what people would see. And so what we see here is this woman was activating through her thought the faith and belief that if I would just touch the hem of Jesus' robe because he is the Messiah, I will be healed. You see, it was a specific thought. But how incredible is it that we see that her thought made way to the miracle in her life? Your thoughts matter, church. And when you have thoughts and you act on them, those thoughts, that's where we step into the realm of faith. That's what faith looks like, faith in action. This woman, Jesus says, her faith had healed her because she had a belief that worked its way into a thought that led to some action and resulted in faith in Jesus, so she received the blessing. Oh, come on, how would it look like if we would begin to activate this in our lives in 2020? And so the choice is yours. Will you believe what God says about you or society? The choice is yours. Will you believe what God thinks about you or what you think? This is why we value the word of God. Because what you believe will inform your thoughts and your thoughts will turn into actions. Is this helping anyone? So moving on, look to the person next to you and say, do. Now look to the person, the other person and say, do. Like you're about to do something, do. Say, what's up, conviction? Y'all are thinking about doing. <laughs> Here's the reality. You will do what you believe. I hope you heard that. You will do what you believe. And you won't do what you don't believe. You don't do what you feel, you do what you believe. If you believe that we're supposed to live by our feelings, then you're just doing what you believe when you respond to your feelings. But you will only do what you believe. But belief, like we just saw in this story, requires action or else you don't believe. Faith is resulted when we act on what we believe. You see, I believe that the presence of God is here. I believe that when I come to church, I receive everything that I need for my week, for my life, for my future. I get everything I need when I'm in the presence of God. And I believe it so much that I showed up. You see, it's not enough to say, oh, I believe in church, but then not go to church. But the fact that you're in this place right now says that you believe that there's something here because you're here. So it's your faith that's on display right now in this moment because you're sitting in this place. There's some people who believe in church, but they're sitting at home. There's some people who believe in church, but they're right on their couch. But you have the faith to activate what you can receive by coming to church because you're sitting in this place right now. You see, believing without action is pointless. You know how many people believe that we should take care of animals but don't own one pet? They haven't visited one shelter. But they're like, save the animals. Like, you haven't saved one animal yourself. You haven't looked one dog in the eye at the shelter. Talking about, we gotta stop eating. No, I'm gonna eat this burger. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Listen, if that's the yeah, listen, I, listen, I'm sorry. I just love meat. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know? <laughs> but belief requires action. And so I want to encourage you, write this down if you're, if you're hungry for more. I would encourage you to read James chapter 2. It's all about faith and action. You know, go home and, and, and look for yourself. Don't just take my word for it. Look for yourself. In James chapter 2, it's all about faith and action. And I believe this is an important word for us today because here's the danger that we are in with our, within our society. And here's the truth. Right now, 
in our society, you can be an expert at something in your head, but not in reality. Think about that. We can be an expert about so many different, you know how many expert politicians there are right now? That would never ever run for office. But they can break it all down. You can be an expert at things that aren't your reality. Like today, right now, I could go on Google and find the best parenting tips. And I could take that, rework it, and create a blog called Parent Tips 101 by Aaron Dorsey. I could publish that and help some parents and not be a parent myself. That's crazy. Like, there's expert professional sport players that never played the game. Some of you are in this room right now. <laughs> can we be honest? You can be an expert at things, but not actually live it or do it. You can be an expert at religion, but not follow God. You can be an expert at knowing what to do, when to do, how to do, I did everything, but not actually follow and have a relationship with this God that you're doing those things for. You can be an expert, but not do. You can settle for posting instead of living. All because you post about it doesn't mean you're living it. Oh, can we be honest? Sometimes we post that we're living a good life and the reality is we're actually hurting a little bit. You can post about something and not live it. All because you know, hear me, all because you know what to do does not mean you're doing it, church. All because you know what to do does not mean you're doing it. Like, if we had an honest moment right now, all of us know exactly what to do to get on track. All of us know exactly what to do to get out of that situation. All of us know exactly what to do to stop that habit. All of us know exactly where we need to stop going to stop that thing. But the reality is, what are you doing? Like, we all know the diagnosis to our issues. The problem isn't knowing, it's doing. And Jesus talks about this. He has a parable that he's talking to his disciples. And he says this in Matthew 21, 28 through 31. Jesus said to his critics, to his haters, Tell me what you think of this parable. I love Jesus. Because when, when you read the Bible, it's like people will ask him questions and he'll be like, let me tell you a story. Like, you know when your grandpa's like, hey, listen here. It's like Jesus was always telling stories, but these stories had a deeper meaning to it. He said, there once was a man with two sons. The father came to the first and said, son, I want you to go and work in the vineyard today. The son replied, I'd rather not. Now, I need to stop right here. Because if I ever said to my father or mother, I'd rather not, this parable would end right here. <laughs> Just stop. It wouldn't even finish. Be like, I'd rather not. <laughs> Jesus then said, <laughs> like, it would have been a wrap. He said, I'd rather not, Dad. <laughs> but afterward, he deeply regretted what he said to his father, changed his mind, and decided to go to the vineyard. He repented, changed his mind, decided to go and do what his father asked. The father approached the second son and said the same thing to him. The son re replied, got you, dad. While he's playing video games, got it, bet. Got you, don't worry about it, dad. I will go and do as you said, but he never did it. <laughs> they both have issues. He didn't go to the venue. Jesus then says, tell me now, which of these two sons did the, will of, did the will of his father? You have this young son who said no, but had a change of mind and heart, said, you know, I'm going to go do it. And then you have this other son who said, yes, I will go, but he never went and did it. Come on, do you guys see what Jesus is saying here? The truth is this. Even if you're reluctant today in hearing this message, even if you're not sure where you stand, you still have to decide what you're going to do with what you heard today. 
you still have to decide if you're going to believe, if you're going to take it, or if you're going to just leave it to the side. Either way, you still have to do something with it. This could be your 100th time or your first time here, but either way, you have to decide in your mind, in your heart, if you are going to do based off of what you claim to believe. And so hear me, church, and, and this is where I want to give us some practical stuff here. I hope this makes sense because now we're on the same page. Sometimes we're making this thing way more complicated than it is. We make this thing way harder than it needs to be. It's not that complicated. Jesus, I believe, gives us moments like this and stories like this to stop and, and say, do you believe? Are you operating in the faith? The Bible even encourages us to stop and take inventory of our lives to say, are we aligning and doing what we say we believe? And so today, I believe it's that moment. And so <clears throat> here's some things I want you to ask yourself so that you can do work at the beginning of this year. We are set in the greatest position right now at the top of 2020 to get into the heart of the matter and make some decisions and to unpack some things that we may live and have a fruitful year in 2020. And so here is the work that you need to do. Not me, not the person next to you, but you gotta do work. Look to the person next to you and say, do work. Look to the other person and say, I'm gonna do work. Oh, you got to say it with some gangsters. Some of you were really proper. You say, I'm going to do work. No, no, I said, I'm going to do work. <laughs> Number one, here's my question. I hope you write these down to go wrestle with them. Number one, what are you currently doing because of what you believe? You got to ask yourself that. What are you currently doing right here, right now, because you believe? Once you identify those things, this will reveal what your faith is in. If you are currently going to work because you believe you need money, that's truth. Amen. Well, some of y'all like too, too religious. It's like, no, no, that's why, that's why I'm going to work. Because we're looking to get a paycheck at the end. So you got to look at your life and all the different areas. Not just church. Hear me. Life, church is more than just this building. It's your whole life. And so you got to look at your life. So what am I currently doing because of what I believe? Number two, what are you currently doing that doesn't align with what you believe? Like, have you ever had a moment where you said, why in the world did I just do that? Can we be honest? I I'm with you, girl, every day. Every day I have a moment where I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Why in the world did I just do that? You see, the things that you do will reveal what you actually believe, good or bad. It's a principle in life. It doesn't cater to one side or the other. It's just facts. What you do, good or bad, is what you believe. But here's where I want to challenge us and speak over us to activate a victor's mindset and not a victim's mindset. Because though you may be finding yourself right now doing things that you may not necessarily believe, half the battle is that you can identify it. So the fact that you can sit here and say, I just lied, but... In me, I know deep down in my inner thoughts, I am not a liar. You are halfway there to making a change. Amen. You are halfway there of diagnosing the problem. And so instead of beating yourself up, instead of being self-pity and being down on yourself, instead of going back into that old way of thinking and say, I will never get it, I want to encourage you and challenge you and speak life over you to activate your faith, to say, though I may have lied or though I may have done that thing, I am not a liar. So I'm going to begin to make choices and look back to see what caused me to come out of line with what I believe. Oh, come on, if we were to act activate this in our lives. You went to that place again, but it's not who you are. What are you going to do? Because now you know. Trace back to why you went there. You did that thing again that you said you wouldn't. Why? And trace back so you don't just complain about it or put it under the rug. But by faith and through the grace of God, you begin to make choices to say, hey, I'm not there yet, but I'm on my way. I may have messed up again, but I'm on my way. God's not done with me yet. He's still with me. There's still more. I am not the sum total of my urges. I am not the fullness of what I've done in my past or the things that I'm struggling with. I am new, and there is more.
Can you say amen? amen? Sometimes the easiest way to rewire your beliefs is to decide what you want to do. You see, when we say read your Bible, we're not saying it because we want to tell you something to do. But it's only through personal experience that you activate belief. And the reality is, we haven't been reading our Bibles for 20-something years. It doesn't just click on. But as I make the decision to say, I believe that the Word will give me life. I believe that this would add value to my life. I may not know how, but I believe that it will. And I begin to prioritize time with God at the beginning of the day. All of a sudden, I begin to see coincidences. All of a sudden, I begin to see the Bible come to life. And then slowly but surely, it doesn't become just what I know. It becomes what I believe. When I'm saying, you got to read your Bible. i got to get to the Word. Because when I do, the trajectory of my day is just different. See, I may not know everything about prayer, but I know this. When I pray in the morning, I can do the same exact thing in my day and more productive. When I don't pray because I think I got this because I'm a knucklehead, and I go throughout my day without starting with God, I could do the same exact things and feel defeated at the end of the day. I don't know how it works. All I know is that when I do it, I see it. When I don't, I don't see it. I don't have to understand everything, but by faith, I believe, so I do. What will you do this year because you want to believe? You want to believe in the word? You want to believe that prayer is real? What are you going to do about it? It's way easier to act your way by faith into something than it is to feel your way into it. Like, talk about worship this morning. It's a lot easier to just say, God, I believe worship is for me, and start singing regardless of your feelings. Best believe by the third song, you're swaying and in your zone because your feelings came along for the ride of the decision that you made to worship God. So faith is not a feeling. It's a choice. And so as I end here today, I hope that, and I pray that this helps you. The bridge between what you believe and what you do is trust. It's trust. You believe what you hear from the people you care about, so you do off of that. The bridge between what you believe and do is trust. And so my question for us is will you trust what you think or will you trust what God says? Will you trust what you think about you or what God has already said about you? Will you think what your family says about you or what God has already said about you? Will you, think of, will you believe and do off of what society says you are and who you are? Or will you do what God and who God says that you are? You have the choice to decide what you want to believe today. Today. And so I end by reading where we started, picking up where we left off. Go ahead and throw up that verse again for me at the beginning before we get to our action steps. Jesus says, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father will be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. I pray we go into prayer and fasting with this in our hearts and minds, saying I'm going to believe, I'm going to do, I'm going to show up, and I'm going to ask by faith. And I'm going to see God make good on what he says he's going to do. And so here are some action steps. Because here's the reality. When what you believe aligns with what you do, then what you say becomes a lot easier. And you begin to say what you mean and mean what you say. And then that results in a life of significance, of passion. And so revolutions, they take time. This phone that you have in your hand is a progress of what was started years ago. The fact that you're in this room is the result of something that happened over 50 years ago. So when we talk about revolutions, it takes time. And this thing that we're on called life is a journey. And so our goal is to bridge the gap more and more this year between what we believe and what we do in all areas of our lives. We want to grow by 1%. It is progress over perfection. So 1% day by day. So here's some action steps to get us going. And then I want to pray for you guys. 
Number one, attend prayer and fasting. Clear your schedule this week and come and get in the presence of God. Come and activate the will of God over your life by sitting in his presence, by saying, Lord, I decide to fast and give up something I need or something that I want to say that you are all I need at the beginning of this year. Number two, ask God to show you where you can grow by 1% in each area of your life. I'm talking personal, your personal relationship with God, your personal growth, but then also with your family, with your church. You know, some, Join the Mission is coming up. Some of you, that 1% may be to just sign up for Join the Mission to get involved, to go from attending to contributing. Some of us, it's financial. Some of us need to activate the financial plan and the advice that we get from pastor earlier in the service. Some of us, it's financial. Financial is with our work, with our careers. And then lastly here, we got to make a daily decision to trust God through Bible reading and prayer. I pray that this is the year that we start each day by spending time with God. And I believe that if we do, and if we come to God at the beginning of each day, we will see the fullness of what he wants to do in our lives. Can you say amen? Was this helpful? Was this good? Will this help you set your year off right? Come on, church, can you stand with me? I just want to pray over you. And then we're going to continue to worship because I believe sometimes you got to worship and, and let this sink in a little bit more. And so if you could just pray with me, just close your eyes and, and just raise your hands just as a sign of surrender. Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are good. We thank you that in you is everything that we need. So Lord, we pray, God, and believe that we would activate everything you have for us this year in our lives. We pray, God, that you give us more faith to believe. We pray you give us more courage and grace to do. We pray, God, that you refine the way that we think, that we may say things according to your word. And we pray that we would live, live lives that make a difference to the world and the people around us, God. Don't pass us by this year. I pray that as we go into this time of prayer and fasting, you would reveal specific and unique things to us that we needed to do in our lives to get closer and closer to you. And I pray, God, that we can look back at the end of 2020 and say, I have made more progress this year than when I started. I have more faith than when I began this year. I have more blessings than when I started. I have more of Jesus in my life than when I first started this year. So we thank you. Have your way in us, have your way with us, and have your way through us. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen, amen, amen. And can we give God some praise? We hope this talk has encouraged and challenged you. If it was helpful, share with a friend. And for more information, visit our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. Until next time, have a blessed week.